Ready to embrace thought leadership to increase your business revenue? Stay tuned for today's episode. Are you a leader trying to get more from your business and life? Me too. So join me as I document the conversations, stories, and advice to help you achieve what matters in your life. Welcome to Unbound with me, Chris Dubois. Nikki Ballou is an entrepreneur and coach, helping CEOs become thought leaders and driving six to nine figures of added revenue to their businesses. He believes in people first business and living and has dedicated his life to helping others make the difference they were born to make. Nikki is an inspirational leader and one of the most energetic guests that I likely ever get on the show. Nikki, welcome to Unbound. Brother, it's an honor to be here, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm excited. Let's roll. Yeah, me too. This is going to be fun. Uh, why don't we start by talking your, uh, your origin story and how you've uh, gotten to where you are now? Absolutely. I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was 11 years old, the Islamic Revolution took place in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall that this was not going to be a place to raise his Christian family anymore. Mm-hmm. He made a plan to get us out of Iran, and he executed it, and he got us out of Iran, and eventually he settled us where I now live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And at the time, brother, I was 11, man. I didn't want to leave my home or my friends. But looking back now, it was the greatest thing my father could have done for me and my family. He took the legacy of our family and he changed it from tyranny to freedom. And it's appropriate that we're doing this interview on the 4th of July, Independence yeah. <laughs> Day in the right. US of A, because that was a date when some incredible men put their names to a document that began with, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men that derive their legitimacy from the consent of the governed. Freedom, to me, my friend, is everything. Because of me experiencing both tyranny and freedom, I've become the biggest champion for freedom that there ever was. If you're an entrepreneur and you do not understand that without a bedrock of freedom, there's no free enterprise. And without free enterprise, you cannot take those dreams that you have and make them come true. Then you just don't get it. Every single entrepreneur has got to understand that freedom is the foundation of their dreams coming true. And my father, he was an entrepreneur. And man, he was the greatest man I ever knew. Brother, if you knew him and you were looking for work, he'd find you a job. If you knew him and you were looking to start a business, he'd help you get that going. If you knew him and you were looking to buy a car, a house, an apartment, you didn't quite have enough money, he would top you up so you could buy that car, that house, that apartment. Who does that, brother? Who? Well, the late, great Napoleon Ballou, for one, and why would he do that? Well, first and foremost, he did it because he was a devout Christian. He believed he'd been blessed by God, and it was his duty to share those blessings with other people. Amen. Secondly, he did it because he could. He was successful. And to me, I know Hollywood likes to paint business people as bad and evil and all that. But to me, business people are society's greatest heroes. Every. Good thing in our world happens because a businessman has a dream that he's pursuing. All progress in our world happens because a businesswoman 
has the courage to follow her vision. Every single one of us needs to understand that entrepreneurs are what make our lives better. I am a champion for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. I want to see you as an entrepreneur grow and scale your business. I want to see your vision, your dream, make the world a better place for your fellow man and woman because you create all the jobs. You bring all the forward progress. You are the one who by dint of following your dreams, inspire the next generation to follow theirs. And my friend, that is where we start. That is what it's all about. I believe in the majesty of entrepreneurship and the dreams of every single man and woman who's an entrepreneur on this here earth. Well, you got me fired up. So let's, uh, let's start talking about how you actually help entrepreneurs um, with making those dreams a reality. Um, I think in our, so we did a pre-interview, just chatting through uh, a lot around thought leadership and just helping them, you know, figure out what they can actually bring to the table and how we can get that message out. Um, how do you approach that with, uh, with your clients? That's a great question. So it's 2023. Okay. If you're looking to scale your business today, you need to understand the things that work five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. don't work as well today. I'm not saying they don't work at all. They just don't work as well. The world is changing and it's evolving. We're living in the era of authenticity. People are tired of all this influencer marketing. They're tired of all those slick sizzle sellers. They're tired. They want somebody with substance. They want somebody who's real. Yeah. And to be someone of substance, to be someone who's real, you got to do more than put a message on Instagram with Lamborghinis and a big uh, mansion that you've rented in order to get people to get excited about you. You've yeah. got to be about more than I'm going to tell a story to get people going. Yeah, story's important. Don't get me wrong. But a story's got to be rooted in reality and grounded in truth. So for you. Mm -hmm. To capture the loyalty, the attention of people, they got to get to connect with you at a human level and they got to feel your authenticity. They got to feel your truth in what you say and how you act. And they've got to know that you're all about delivering real value with what you know. And what you know isn't necessarily what you sell. So I'll give you an example. 25 years ago, there were two iconic American computer companies. One was led by Steve Jobs. The other was led by Michael Dell, Apple and Dell. Apple was a $6 billion company. Dell was a $12.7 billion company. Dell talked about computers and everything great about their computers. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs talked about the majesty of Apple users' dreams. He created an ad that blew me away called Think Different, and it started off like this. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the visionaries, the square pegs in the round holes. Now, you gotta, you gotta understand, that entire ad did not have a picture of an Apple product in it. It did not speak about how great Apple products are. Not at all. It spoke about the people that Steve Jobs admired because those are the people that he sought to build Apple for. And you think about that, right? 
you're going to listen to that if you're one of those people. You're going to go, okay, I'm a misfit. I'm a visionary. I'm a square peg in a round hole. That's me. And you're going to want to listen to more of what he has to say and more of Apple's ads because those ads were not about how great the Apple product was. They were about how great Apple's users were. And he was talking about what it takes to create and change the world. Now, the people that want to buy Apple products, like this is being recorded on a MacBook Pro. I've got a, a phone. It's downstairs now. It's, it's an iPhone. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Steve Jobs captured my attention. And he's been dead since 2011, bro. November 2011, he passed away. And yet I still buy Apple. You know, Tim Cook is no Steve Jobs, but I still buy Apple. Apple today is a $400 billion a year company. It's the first $3 trillion corporation in the history of the world. Dell is a $100 billion a year company. That's nothing to sneeze at, but come on, it's not Apple. Why? Because Michael Dell wasn't interested in being a thought leader. He just wanted to sell computers. Steve Jobs wanted to change the world. Now, if you're a thought leader, what's the difference between Steve Jobs and Michael Dell? Well, one was interested in being just a businessman, and the second one was interested in bringing something original to the world that would change it. So what's the difference between an expert and a thought leader? Well, Michael Dell, I'd argue, is an expert. He knew something about how to build a company and grow it and how to sell it on computers. Steve Jobs was a thought leader because he was known for something, something beautiful and important. Michael Dell was like a cover band, a really good cover band. Steve Jobs was like the composer of the most original music on the face of the planet. Steve Jobs was the was the man who could tell you where we'd come from, where we were, and where we were going. Michael Dell could never do that. And even if he could, he never made it clear that he could. So nobody wanted to hear from him about that. If you want to be a thought leader, do not go out there and get somebody to say, hey, let's just go tell your story and we're going to just put that out there and everybody's going to follow you because your, your story is great. No, man, have something real and valuable to say. I'll tell you something right now. Got to build it. real intellectual property. So this is a tool we use to build intellectual property. Here it says to find out who your ideal client is, you got to look at who you've already worked with. Your ideal client is at the intersection of who you've gotten the best results for, who you've enjoyed working with the most, and who has been the easiest for you to transact with, i.e. they pay on time, in full, don't bother you. Look at that. Best results, enjoyed, easiest transaction, ideal client zone, brother. Look at that. These are some books and studies that back it up, and these are some case studies. Brother, this is IP. Not you going on social media, creating a slick video, and saying something that sounds cool and people to go, that's awesome. But it was just sizzle. It disappeared. That was steak, bro. Because if you're in the business of attracting clients, 
you're going to go, wow, ideal client, eh? Hey, that's pretty cool what he just taught me. Let me go do that for my clients. And if you do that for your clients, you'll go, oh, wow, I now I know who my ideal client is. Thanks, Nikki. That was real. You, you get the difference? Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. people don't do. That's why, like these people that are calling themselves thought leaders out there, they're not thought leaders. They're influencers. They're, an influencer is not a thought leader. Mm-hmm. An influencer is somebody who knows how to sell the sizzle really, really well. A thought leader is somebody who knows how to hunt the animal, how to gut it, how to drain it, how to cut the choice cuts of meat, cook it properly, medium rare steak and serve it to you with some grilled onions. So man, some salt and pepper, you've got the most satisfying, nutritious meal you've had in a long time. So let's go further on that. Uh, you get someone, they're starting their company, right? They have their, this idea. They want to bring it to market. They want to change the world, right? You're, you're coming in with big, big dreams, big ideas. They start putting stuff out there, social media, video content. They're trying to share their message to get it out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of challenges with this, right? You got trial and error. You got the discouragement of things aren't going to hit off if you don't get in front of the right people fast enough. Uh, how do you kind of combat some of those things to help someone find that message fast and actually get in front of the right people so that they can start spreading that? Well, I'll tell you, when we teach people how to get their message dialed in properly, there's a process we take them through, right? Um, And it takes two days to do it. So step number one is we take a deep dive into you and your life story. So if your life story were a movie, what would be the title, right? So we would really go take a look at that. And step two is we'd actually have you go back into your life and pick out the key events, you know, adversity as well as accomplishment and start to see what the commonality around that is. That takes time. That like, I just told you this in 30 seconds, but that that's like five days worth of deep thinking to actually go and do it. Right. And then once you've done all that, we actually start to have you take a look at those things and see what are those all about? So if you went through a divorce when you were 32, what was that all about? Mm-hmm. If your parents died when you were 13, what was that all about? If you won a national championship in uh, um, basketball in, in, in high school, what was that all about? So some themes are going to start to pull out of there. Those themes then will start to cohere and there'll be a whole bunch of different words that will encapsulate your expertise. And we do that with folks. And once they understand what their expertise is, then we start to put each of those into a folder. So this is a folder here called energy and sleep, right? I'm writing a book on sleep right now. So we, we, we get into everything around energy and sleep in here. I've got another one around high performance. I've got another one around enrollment and sales. So we help you start to create this. Thought leadership is built over time. You can't just stand in front of a camera and start speaking. You got to have thought through what you're going to say. Once you've done that and you've got 50 of these, hundred of these, and you've done a hundred videos, then people are going to go, oh, 
okay, Chris Dubois, man, that dude is the dude for, you know, AI based marketing. And his story is pretty cool. Like, you know, he grew up in a university town and his father was a computer science professor. And, you know, he, he went into his FU dad stage. So he didn't want to have anything to do with computer science, but at six, eight, 10 years later, he realized what a great man his dad was. And it was just like, it's incredible how much smarter and, and easier to get along with my dad got over the last 10 years, right? Is what he tells himself. And then he goes out there and he starts learning about AI and he becomes this dude on AI. And so now he's talking about AI to all of us and we should all listen to him. You know what I mean? I, I just made that up, obviously. But that is the type of thing that we help people do. But it's not quick. It's not instant. Like if you're a CEO and you're impatient, you better learn some patience when it comes to developing thought leadership. You can be an influencer. You can go out there and, 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 and sell crap to people and you might even succeed for a while. But every influencer out there that has no real substance behind what they're talking about eventually crashes and burns. Mm-hmm. Eventually crashes and burns. Let me give you an example. The liver king. The liver king. Yeah, yeah, go eat liver and raw meat. Until Joe Rogan outed him as a steroid bunny. So he was full of shit, right? He was full of shit. Mm-hmm. Most influencers are full of shit. Most thought leaders are, are telling you something real and truthful and valuable. And if you're a CEO of a company, in the short run, you might think, no, 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 I want to I get that sizzle. I want to get things going quickly. I would advise you not to do that. I would advise you to take the time to build the foundation for your thought leadership and go out there and put it out there based on that. Yeah. So I think if we use the definition of marketing, right, as the changing of beliefs with the intent of a sale. So now all of these different stories that we're creating are really there to help someone see, you know, the, the truth behind whatever we're talking about and to be able to now shift their beliefs from wherever they're at to the transformation that can be had to get there. And so as you're, as you're working with people and you're, you're collecting, right. These massive folders. Uh, yeah. For everybody uh, listening on the podcast, so there's a video version too. go to YouTube and you can, you can see the folders and the, the IP that Nikki was holding up. Um, but uh, falling, my, falling off my train of thought. We're, we'll get back on the tracks here. Uh, so take looking at the marketing, right? We're collecting all these stories. We got 50, we got a hundred, like we're just, bringing all of these in, how do you now take these and package them in a way that someone can actually share these stories in a way that, you know, their target audience, it actually resonates with them and they can actually get the message. It's not just me telling a story. Well, the reason why I like building IP snapshots, like the ones I showed you Mm -hmm. is because each of those snapshots, let's say you, let's say you do one a week for a year. Okay. Just one a week for a year. Once I teach you how to do it right. And you do it right. Like you go in deep and you know, you, you, you say the right things and you come up with the case studies, you come up with the literature review and you're, you're not just talking out of your ass, right? Each one of these snapshots is worth six to 12 videos. Mm-hmm. So you take 50 of these times six, that's 300 videos. Let's say your area was... Um, 
using AI to build sales funnels. Let's just, I just made that shit up, right? But let's just say that's what it was. And you had 50 of these IP snapshots around that. And you, mm-hmm. you did six videos per IP snapshot. And you had 300 videos that you posted on um, YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok. And these videos were between two and 10 minutes long each. You got to understand that somebody at some point who's seen one or two of your videos is going to go and look at the body of your work. And then as the process of them doing that goes, wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about. Let me listen some more. You've, you've got yourself not a follower, but you've got yourself somebody who's interested in understanding your work. You know what I mean? Somebody who could benefit yeah. from it. And then the next thing that we'd have you do is what I'm doing today, which is to come on podcasts. Now, this podcast is a little bit different from how I normally do podcasts because, you know, you and I had uh, a conversation and we wanted to take it in a particular direction. But what I do when I coach my clients on going on shows is I go, look, this is like a scripted talk. Okay. You're going on stage. Right. You're going to tell your backstory. Then you're going to tell three or four stories to make certain points. You're going to mention a couple of books to back up what you say. And you're going to have a call to action at the end. And then we're going to have you go through 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Now, you're a CEO. Why are you going on shows? Well, you're going on shows for two reasons. Number one is hopefully the audience on those shows is going to start engaging with you and your work and going to want to buy from you and all that good stuff. But as importantly, if you're going on the right shows, you're doing what I'm doing with you, which is building a relationship with the host. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing for me in this podcast is to deliver a powerful level of value so that you go, damn, this dude's good. Damn, I wonder if what he has to say could help me personally. And Mm -hmm. if I succeed in planting that idea in your mind as a result of what we've done here, boom, that's ideal for me because then the interview will be over. You'll be happy. Your uh, listeners and viewers are going to be happy because they're going to go, man, this guy's on fire. He's got energy to burn and he doesn't seem like he's too stupid. Seems like he knows what the hell he's talking about, right? So you're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. But then on my end, I'm going to be happy because I built a strong relationship with you. We got to have a conversation. That conversation could lead to us potentially doing business together. At the very least, even if it doesn't do that, there's a relationship built. And in the future, there'll be some reason for me to reach out to you, you to reach out to me. And because we already know each other and we have a no like, and trust relationship, the opportunity to do business is there. Mm-hmm. Me, last right. year, I was on 300 podcast episodes. I ended up doing business with 15 of those 300. Now, that's only 5%, right? Well, bro, that was over $300,000. 330,000 to be exact. You know? Pretty good ROI. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) You know, really, really good ROI, right? And 
you if if you as a CEO are my client and I send you on shows with your message dialed in and doing that, and you go on 30 shows a year, because most CEOs aren't going to want to do 300 shows a year. It's crazy. That's not going to work for them. Mm-hmm. You do 30 shows a year and you end up doing business with two hosts and people from the show start following your work and end up doing business with your company. That's incredible, right? But even more incredible is the fact that you've got on 30 shows means that if someone Googles you, they'll go, oh, shoot, Chris, man, look at how many podcasts this dude's been on. Damn. He must be smart. He must know what he's talking about. Right? And then obviously at some point you do your own podcast where you have long form conversations like this and you get to... You get to interview people you want to learn from, so that's valuable. But you also you get to get your voice out there to a way bigger audience, and then we help you write a book because you need a book. You know, I've got a whack of books I've written. Right, this isn't all of them, but it's a bunch of them. Now I've written some of these with people that have been my clients. You know, so it's my message and their message, right? So that's mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. You know, and as a CEO, if you do all of those things in the course of a year period, you set yourself up to win. You you know what you need to do to keep building your message and putting it out there in a big way. You you know how to go on shows. You've got a book out there right now, and you're going out there. The marketing engine is being fed with your thought leadership, but your thought leadership's real. It's not crap. So let me just tell you a quick story. We had a client. She was a naturopathic clinic owner, a doctor, doctor of natural medicine. She called me because she was going through a hard time in her life. Her father was dying of brain cancer. Like that sucks at any level, right? Mm-hmm. So she calls us and, you know, she goes, listen, I, I, I'm coming to you because he's going to, he's going to be dead soon. And I want to honor him because he was a successful entrepreneur and she was daddy's girl, man. I want to honor him. I want to grow my business. And we are, all right, we can help you. No problem. So she came to us. We worked with her and, uh, lo and behold, we helped her figure things out. Now, what did we help her figure out? Well, first and foremost, she didn't know who her ideal client was. She says, I can work with anybody. And I go, no, 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 no. Let's do that exercise I took you through, you know, best results, you know, mm-hmm. enjoyed, easiest transaction. All right. We did that. Her ideal client was a 45-year-old woman, married, successful businesswoman, either like a professional or an entrepreneur. Um, kids, life was great. Except for one thing. She's 45 and she didn't feel pretty and beautiful anymore. And Justin Sterling, who is a thought leader in relationships and in understanding, you know, what what makes a man tick and what makes a woman tick, said that every woman has a question in the back of her mind that she's always asking, Am I desirable? Am I beautiful? You understand when they don't feel desirable and beautiful, it is not good, right? It is not good for a woman. So 
our client's message to these women was, hey, getting older is inevitable, but aging isn't. We're going to help you get your sexy back. Imagine, get your sexy back. That was powerful. We helped her come up with that. And brother, she 10 extra business in inside of three years. Doubled it every year of three years in a row. 10x. How's that possible, Nikki? Well, it's very possible. It's very possible when you start selling steak and you stop trying to sell sizzle. Yeah, you're speaking to the actual desires of your of your target audience. But with something to back it up. Like, remember, she'd been in business 20 years. This was not just somebody who read mm. some marketing message somewhere and, and parroted it. This was somebody with 20 years experience in delivering right. the goods. You can't be a thought leader if you can't deliver the goods. I'm sorry. You can be an influencer and be full of crap and not really have any expertise. You cannot be a thought leader without real right. expertise. You can't be the 20-year-old life coach. Trying to, uh, <laughs> Yay! But, uh, no. So let's talk some of the different mediums for storytelling, right? You've already talked like just getting on different shows, podcasts, things like that. Uh, as you start collecting these stories, you're breaking them up. You're finding the different ways you want to actually tell these. How much does that shift as you're going into the different mediums? And, and how do you help clients kind of find the best mediums for them? Right? Not everybody's got a face for video. <laughs> that, that's a great question. That's a great question. Now, if you're corporate, I think you really need to focus on mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Not saying you shouldn't do anything else, but LinkedIn is where you need to be, yeah. right? Um, Twitter probably as well. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, less so, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you're entrepreneur focused, then TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or where you need to be more than LinkedIn and Twitter. Although I know some folks in entrepreneur who've done really well with Twitter, really, mm -hmm. really well with Twitter. I guess it really depends on your business. If you're if you own a $30 million IT company and your clients are CEOs of $50 million companies, you better find a LinkedIn presence and a Twitter presence right. that's something fierce. And you better put a book together, a good book, a real book. Mm -hmm. You follow me? So I created this for two of my clients. So this was... Power of Connecting, Kai Bjorn, he, he used to be the head of BNI Canada and Corporate Connections Canada. He still is the head of that. This book was about getting people into the membership of those organizations. Very powerful book mm -hmm. for Kai, right? This book is a platform that helps him in a big way. He does podcast appearances right. with this, stage appearances. Perry Wong. Insurance uh, broker, number one in his company. This book, How to Create a Million Dollar Income, gets him on stages. Now, I want him to also start going on podcasts. He's not doing that so much right now. But let me tell you, books are very powerful in getting you on stages, on helping you tell a powerful story to people, and helping people see that you're credible. Because if all you're doing is video and you don't have a book, the credibility is not as high. But if you're doing video, podcasting and books credibility just right. jumps up in a big now, way as you're helping people so like you've written what 10 10 10 plus books 10 10 books uh, with more on the way yep. 
10 published and two two more on right. the way. That's a already quite prolific on the uh, book creation side. Now, yeah, as yeah. you're as you're going through the process of yeah, creating these, good. right, you're you're telling the stories, you're pulling in, you know, the examples of adversity and, and success, um, achievement. Uh, are are you also packaging frameworks, models? Like, what type of value are you trying to provide with each of these books so that you can? Oh, for sure, across? man, for sure. Um, I mean, let me let me just talk about this book that I did with Perry, right? So, what did we do? Well, this is the framework of making a million dollars a year selling. So framework one is decision, right? Framework two is get acquainted with reality, right? Like stop pretending, oh, yeah, you're going to do it. And then we got a visual model over here. That's the first kind of visual model. We we show people where they are at from an income and, you know, as they go up where that takes them to. Right. We take them from, you know, below 30K where you're struggling to 100K where it's mediocrity, quarter million where it's modesty, a million where you're at proficiency, 10 million a year where you're at mastery. Mm-hmm. Right. So w- we get deeply into this sort of thing in, in what we help uh, people put together. And they need to put all that together. I mean, that's part of why we do pink sheets. So these IP snapshots, these pink sheets, right? By the way, I learned this uh, methodology from Matt Church. So I just want to give credit where credit's due. This isn't my original methodology. But you put a dozen pink sheets together. Each of them is a chapter. Boom, you got a book. Right. All this thinking can be repurposed to help you deliver uh, additional information uh, and additional thought leadership out there into the world. And now... We're all about being commercial, man. You got to sell right. this stuff. You got to sell what you're putting out there for people, right. right? And so now you have all these these different frameworks that you've come up with, and I'm sure each of those can become its own presentation, right? Talk on stage. So, Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so Absolutely. you're getting a lot more value. It can. But you got to understand, like a CEO can get overwhelmed with all this, right? We want to give them... Um. We want to give them no choice. This is going to sound a little counterintuitive because you're going, what the hell are you talking about? CEOs want choice. No, they don't. They want to make a decision, which is different from choice. Because when you make a decision, you kill off the alternative. Choice gives you options. And you don't want options once you make a decision. When you're looking at, before you make a decision, you want options. But once you make a decision, I will be a thought leader, then you don't want any options. You want to go, this is my path and I'm sticking with it, right? And people need to understand that because if they don't, they're toast. And you got to stick to your netting. If you're going to be the sales guy, then you better start doing a lot on sales. Mm -hmm. You can't all of a sudden one day go, you know what? I think I want to talk on culture too. Right. I mean, if you're going to do that, you need to understand that you're messing with your, with, with your brand. You're messing with your thought leadership. There are people who pull that off, like Patrick Bet David of Valuetainment. He pulled it off. But you got to get If you go see his early videos, his first three, four years, it was just one thing he talked about, mm-hmm. one track mind, until he had enough credibility that he could start to veer into other areas. Right. I think uh, Naval Ravikant's another one of those, right, talk business for years and years. And then even when he went to start talking more philosophical ideas, Everyone cautioned him against it, and it took a bit of time for those to actually build up. 
Um, man, exactly. Nikki, this has been a fascinating conversation with a lot of great value. Uh, so I appreciate it. Man. I would thank you. Love to know, separate from all of the books you've written, which uh, I mean, you actually have to go through a process, right? Since you've written so many here. Um, <laughs> what book would you actually recommend that everyone give a read to? Well, if you're a Christian, this one, the Bible, right? You need to have a strong relationship with God. And if you're, you know, Muslim, then you should read the, the Quran. If you're Jewish, you should read the Torah. You know, if you're Hindu, the Bhagavad Gita. Every man and woman on this planet needs to have a stronger relationship with their creator and their faith. And it's my opinion that what's wrong with the world today is that we've been become unmoored from our faith. Okay. That's number one. And I also think if you're a business uh, person, you need to read fiction. You need to read fiction. Everybody just is all into reading uh, business books and how-to books and stuff. And that's great. I'm a big fan of doing that. And I read a lot of them. But fiction soothes the soul. It's the stories in fiction that allow us to get connected to our humanity. And I don't think business people do that enough. So for myself, there are a number of books that I think are excellent works of fiction. The Eagle is Landed by Jack Higgins, which is a, uh, one of the original thriller books back in 1974. Um, Musashi, it's a great book by Japanese author. Um, and I think that Everybody should read Ayn Rand's novels. You know, Atlas Shrugged, The Fountainhead, We the Living, and Anthem. Yeah. So that's my two cents worth. All right. Those are good recommendations. Um, as a, my degree was Thanks. in English with a focus on creative writing. So, like, I'm well versed in the fiction world as well. Yeah. I do think, really? I do think it's a, oh, cool. Dude, you and I have to have a, a conversation outside yeah. of this, man. That, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I just wrote one of the books I wrote that is I'm looking to bring out this year as a novel. So oh, I'm actually pretty awesome. excited. Yeah. Happy to read yeah. it. Um, hey, what's uh, what's next for you professionally? Well, brother, that's a great question. <laughs> right now, we want to meet as many CEOs as we can. We're in growth mode. We want to meet as many entrepreneurs, as many CEOs yep. as we can. And we want to bring them the message of thought leadership. And we want to work with them for those who need help. We want to work with them. We want to show them that this is the way to take your business to the next level. Thought leadership can help you 10x your business, even 100 and 1,000x your business. So that's what's next for us is to get in front of as many CEOs as possible. So I've done some talks. I'm going to be doing more talks in the next little while. And I'm excited to, to get that going in a big way. Awesome. Well, and to assist with that goal, where can people find you? Well, if you're a business owner and you want to have a conversation about thought leadership and how it can apply to helping you scale your business, go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. And if you're a reader, go to Amazon and you know type in N-I-C-K-Y-B-I-L-L-O-U, buy a couple of my books, start reading. It'll, uh, it'll give you some good steak to chew on. I'm not a sizzle seller. I, 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 I bring you steak. So if you want something that'll make you think, definitely go check out some of my books. Awesome. Nikki, thank you for joining me. It's been a great episode. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, hope to have you back. Enjoyed it very much. Enjoyed it very much. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. And for more information on how to build effective and efficient teams through your leadership, visit leadingforeffect.com. As always, deserve it.